It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I am exhausted. Welcome to a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, October 17th. If this was not the greatest sports weekend of the year, and if you don't agree with that, then we have an issue. I mean, I don't know how much better it could be. Forget your affiliations. Forget who you are a fan of. Baseball playoffs, incredible. Two teams with uh, over 100 wins, gone. Who had Phillies Padres in the National League Championship Series? Raise your hand. If your hand is up, you're a liar. Alabama, Tennessee, Buffalo, Kansas City, Dallas, Philadelphia, Yankees, Cleveland, elimination game tonight. The weekend continues into Monday. It was fantastic. Kentucky wins. Indiana loses. Utah, USC, under the radar, great finish. NBA starts tomorrow. This is a great weekend. Unbelievable weekend. And I am spent. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line out as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text into the Thornton's text line at 414-1450. What are you going to watch tonight? I like playing this game a lot. You got one TV. You don't have picture-in-picture. You got one or the other. You can't switch over, all right? Guardians-Yankees from Yankee Stadium, Game 5, loser leave town, winner advances, or Denver-LA Chargers, Monday Night Football, ESPN. Uh, Denver again? Really? Really? How many national television primetime games can we have the Broncos on? It feels like this is their fourth time. It's got to be their third time. I'm going to look that up at the break. Man, I'm tired of Denver Bronco football because, it, A, it's been bad football, offensively at least. And, B, give me somebody else. The Jets and Giants both won again. They're good this just in. The Packers, not so much. The Buccaneers lost to the Steelers. And Tom Brady's taking a little grief after giving grief to his offensive linemen on the sidelines. You know where Brady was Saturday? He wasn't at walkthrough. Do you know where he was Friday night? He was in New York at Robert Kraft's wedding. Robert Kraft is 80, owner of the New England Patriots. But Brady had to make the wedding. Now, I don't know how old Robert Kraft's new wife is. Over, under, I'm going to put it at 40. And I'm going to go under. He's 80. And look, Brady won six Super Bowls under the ownership umbrella of Robert Kraft. So I understand him wanting to be there, but he's Tom Brady. 
The walkthrough is in Pittsburgh. He's in New York on Friday night. He flies private everywhere he goes. How can he not get back for a Saturday morning, let's call it 9 a.m., 10 a.m. walkthrough? How do you miss that? And then you're yelling at your offensive lineman on, on Sunday when you're losing to the Steelers? The hapless Steelers, I might add. How about where were you yesterday, Tommy, during the walkthrough? Now, these are young offensive linemen. They're having a tough time. They're not going to say anything to the GOAT during the game. But you know going through their mind is, are you kidding me? You couldn't make it back from a wedding a couple of hundred miles away on your private jet for walkthrough? All right. He's getting some grief. Texture says, John, Denver Broncos in primetime is like giving Iowa football the marquee game on Saturdays. <laughs> Makes no sense. They should have flexed out into another game. Well, it's too early in the season. You're not allowed to flex out yet. And Iowa football, by the way, it's not on primetime, but it is marquee game this Saturday. Iowa-Ohio State is the noon Big Ten game on Fox. So you're not too far off, Texter. You're not too far off. But the Broncos, again, look, I'm watching both because I can do that. But if you made me pick, I'm, I'm Yankees-Cleveland all the way. Baseball was unbelievable this weekend. Unbelievable. Padres get five runs in the seventh or eighth inning and knock out the Dodgers five to three on Saturday. Philadelphia, last two games against Atlanta were nine to one and eight to three. It wasn't close. And there was nothing better than watching the fans in San Diego and Philadelphia this weekend. They haven't been there in a long time. Philadelphia hadn't been to the playoffs since 2011. And the Padres, I don't know if records go back that far. No offense, Phoenix Hill Richard. It was great to see these fan bases appreciate. And, and here's what you're going to hear, okay? This is going to happen if it hasn't happened already. This is what you're going to hear from certain fan bases, from certain media members who love the game of baseball. they got to change the playoff format. That's what you're going to hear, okay? That's what the overreaction is going to be. And baseball might listen because – Guess what? There's no baseball coming up in Los Angeles for the rest of the year. If the Yankees lose tonight, you're really going to hear it because there won't be any baseball in New York. The Atlanta Braves, they lost a, they won 101 games. They're gone. No Chicago. What you could have is Cleveland, Houston, Philadelphia, San Diego. And then what you're going to hear is even if the Yankees win tonight, what you're going to hear is uh, they they got to change the playoff format. Now, the union and management agreed to this format. Remember, we had a lockout at the beginning of the season. This was part of the, part of the uh, agreement that they came to, part of the meeting of the minds that said, hey, we're going to put a couple more teams in, a wild card round, home teams for those, home games for the higher seed there. Here's what they didn't do, and I didn't understand it when it happened. I said this last week. 
Why was Philadelphia not playing the Dodgers? Phillies were the sixth seed. The Dodgers were the one seed. That's the lowest seed and the highest seed. But it was bracketed. So Philadelphia wins their wild card series. And instead of moving on to the number one seed, which the lowest seed should do, they moved on to play the two-seed Atlanta. And San Diego, consequently, as the uh, five-seed, should have been playing second-seeded Atlanta. I don't know why they didn't do it. I anticipate that to be a change they make for next year. Hey, you know what? After that wild card round, we need to reseed. Somebody should have said that six months ago. And I agree with that. But don't change the playoff format because the teams that you wanted to win, TBS and ESPN and Fox, the teams that you wanted to win lost. Don't change the playoff format because of that. Uh, we got to have seven-game divisional series instead of five. No, you don't. No, you don't. First of all, there's no guarantee that the Dodgers or Braves win a seven-game series. They would both have been down three games to one, remember. This is more exciting. This was a great weekend for baseball. It wasn't a great weekend for the larger markets in baseball, but it was a great weekend for the game of baseball. You're going to have enough changes next year. You're going to have a pitch clock. You're going to have bigger bases. You're going to have no shifting. You're not going to have a short fielder in right field to cut off any potential singles by left-handed hitters. That's all gone. It's going to go away. Here's another thing, since I'm venting. Why do we stop having the ghost runner at second base in extra innings? Houston beat Seattle one to nothing in eight. Teen innings on Saturday. Now, Houston's a better team. Even if they lose that game, they're probably going to win the series. They swept the Mariners. But no ghost runner means longer games. Cleveland beat the Yankees 1-0. Or not the Yankees. They beat Tampa Bay 1-0 in 15 innings in the wild card series. Why, why do we change it? We didn't change anything else. All the other rules stayed the same. You still, as a pitcher, when you come in, you still got to face three batters. That was new. Why did we not go back to the old way in the playoffs? We took the ghost runner and extra innings off of second base. It made the games more exciting in the regular season. It made them quicker to be over, not to go 18 innings, not to go 15 innings. I thought it was great. It brought in strategy. Do I try to get that run across in the top of the inning and then hold the other team? Or do I have to go for more than one run in the top of the inning? Because if I don't score, then they're going to lay a bunt down and get a runner to third. A lot of strategy involved. All we did in that Cleveland game, Cleveland-Tampa game, and all we did in the Houston-Seattle game was wait for somebody to hit a home run. In one game, it took 15 innings. In another game, it took 18 innings. And both those games ended one to nothing. You can appreciate pitching and defense all you want. Everybody wants a few runs scored. I didn't understand that. And they're not going to go back to it. 
All right? The union is not going to concede, yeah, you're right, let's put a runner on second base in the playoffs. It's not going to happen. But this is what you're going to hear, even if the Yankees win tonight. Got to change the format. It wasn't fair to the Braves or the Dodgers or the Mets or fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Because the networks would love the Dodgers to be in the World Series. Fox wants the Dodgers in the World Series. They wanted Dodgers-Astros in the World Series. Oh, my gosh, how many people are going to be watching? Because the Dodgers get a chance to beat the team that cheated them out of a title five years ago. That's what Fox wanted. They want Houston and the Yankees. Same reason. The Yankees were denied going to the World Series by these cheating Astros. It's a coin flip tonight in in New York. It's a bullpen game. And in fact, the Guardians' bullpen is in better shape than the Yankees' bullpen for tonight. The, The studs out of the pen are more rested for Cleveland. Aaron Savali will start for the Guardians. Jamison Tyone will start for the Yankees. I don't expect either one of these guys to go past four innings. I expect them to go less than four innings. This is a bullpen game tonight for both teams. Lose and your season is over. So Aaron Boone, Terry Francona, they're going to they're going to be quick with the triggers tonight. You give up a walk and a single, well, you had a good good outing. I don't care. I know it's only the second inning. I know it's scoreless. I got to get somebody in in there that's going to induce a ground ball double play or strike a couple people out. And you don't look like you're going to be the guy. Nobody's going to get a long chance to get out of trouble tonight. It's not going to happen. And Cleveland is set up bullpen-wise better than the Yankees. All right, Six Pack went 5-1 and one yesterday, or this weekend. The uh, unsponsored Six Pack, I'm back over 500, 24 up, 23 down, one tie. And TCU was my loser. Giving four, I'll make this quick. The Horned Frogs went to overtime against Oklahoma State. TCU scores first, goes up seven. They had Oklahoma State in a third and... 18, and let them get out of it. They scored the touchdown, tied the game, went to the second overtime. Oklahoma State kicks a field goal. TCU scores a touchdown. TCU wins by three. I lose the bet. That's the only loss on the six-pack this weekend. Now, Oklahoma won by 10, giving nine. They certainly could have lost. They gave up 42 points again. Brent Venable's supposed to be able to coach defense. He can't. And I gave you Tennessee. I almost said on this show, money line it. Don't even take the points. But I couldn't pull the trigger because it's still Alabama. By the way, both of those teams are still looking for their defenses after Saturday's game. Um, Not a Tennessee fan. Full disclosure. But it was a cool scene to watch them storm the field, take the goalposts, throw them in the river like they did the last time they beat Tennessee. I think it was 15 years ago. It was cool to see. It was cool to see. Uh, and they were having fun, man. They were having fun in Knoxville. 
All right, we'll take a break. Kentucky with a win, Indiana with a loss. We'll go over college football when we come back. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. Down Spears in the studio. Eminem Cartage hotline open 384 1450. What did you watch this weekend? What's the favorite thing you watched this weekend? I'm only halfway through the Dahmer documentary, by the way, the limited series, Monster. Uh, with Evan Peters as Jeffrey Dahmer and Richard Jenkins as his dad and Molly Ringwald as his stepmom. Five episodes in, I got five to go. See if I can squeeze one in this afternoon. Probably not. I got my grandson this afternoon, and I certainly don't him watching. want him watching the Dahmer story. 384-1450 to join in on the conversation, or the Thornton's text line is 414-1450. What was your favorite thing to watch this weekend Sports-wise, that's the question. All right, I checked up on the Denver Broncos schedule. This will be their fourth primetime game we're in week six of the NFL season. Week one at Seattle, they lost Monday Night Football. Week two, San Francisco, they won 11-10. to 10. Remember that gem of a game? Sunday Night Football. Week 5, Thursday night football, Indianapolis 12, Denver 9, and overtime, all field goals. Week 6 is tonight at the Chargers. Week 14, they will be at home against the Chiefs once again on Sunday night football. And throw in a week 8, 9.30 a.m. game in London against Jacksonville. So Denver... In an 18-week season, we'll have six standalone games. I know this was attractive to the networks when the, when the schedule came out, when the season was getting ready to start, and they said, hey, Denver's got Russell Wilson. They got Russ. They're going to let Russ cook. Got good receivers, good defense. Uh, Denver team, let's, let's feature Denver a lot in our standalone games. It hasn't worked out. First game was 17-16 in Seattle, 11-10, 12-9 overtime. And uh, the over-under tonight, I think it's 42-and-a-half against the Chargers. They haven't been close. Uh, I know they went over in the Raider game, but under has been the bet for Denver most of the season. All right, the new AP poll is out, and I'm not just talking about football here. The Associated Press has released their first preseason college basketball poll. Kentucky fan, you are fourth in the preseason college AP college basketball poll. Number one is North Carolina. Number two is future Kentucky opponent Gonzaga. Number three, Houston. Now, here's something interesting right off the bat. Two of the top three are not in the power six leagues. Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference, Houston in the American Athletic Conference. Houston will eventually be in the Big 12, but right now they're in the AAC. Kentucky is fourth. There's a tie for fifth between Baylor and Kansas, the defending national champion, Number seven is Duke, eight UCLA, nine Creighton, ten Arkansas. 
Next five are Tennessee, Texas, Indiana. Hello, Hoosiers. Welcome back. You're 13th. TCU is 14, Auburn 15, followed by Villanova, Arizona, Virginia, San Diego State, and Alabama. Last five in the top 25 are Oregon, Michigan, Illinois, Dayton, and Texas Tech. Your first AP college basketball poll. Somebody tell the Associated Press that it's October 17th. We don't need a college basketball poll yet. We're not going to need it for probably a couple of months. We don't ever need it. We love it. We like to talk about it. We like to argue about it. But we don't need it. It doesn't matter. The committee, when they sit down to pick the 68 teams, they don't care what the Associated Press college basketball poll looks like. But we love the argument. And it is nice to see Indiana back in there, number 13. I mean, as if I as I look at the Big Ten teams, uh, Indiana's the first one listed, right? Am I wrong about that? Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, Baylor, Kansas, Duke, UCLA, Creighton, Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas, Indiana. Indiana is 13, Michigan 22, Illinois 23. So there's your Big Ten roundup of the AP College Basketball Poll. Georgia stays number one in the football poll after a 55-0 waxing of Vanderbilt. Ohio State had a bye week. They stay at number two. Uh, Georgia got 31 first-place votes. The Buckeyes got 17. Tennessee got 15 first-place votes this week, and they're up to number three. Now, I told you last week, that I went over to my favorite betting parlor and put uh, a little green on Tennessee at 40 to 1 to win the national championship. The thought process was if they can beat Alabama, then they are a win over Georgia away from an SEC title game and then the, the uh, playoff. That was the thought process. Did I think they were going to beat Alabama? No, I did not. I thought they were going to cover. That's why I put them in the uh, six-pack, but I didn't think they were going to win. Um, but if they do win, I want them at 40-1. to one. Do you know what they are today? 18-1. to one. Less than half. So I'm glad I did it when I did it. I got them at 40-1. to one. They are number three, up three spots. Michigan and Clemson have flip-flopped again. Two weeks ago, Michigan was four, Clemson was five. Last week, Clemson four, Michigan five. This week, Michigan four, Clemson five. Impressive win for Michigan? Yes. It was an impressive win over Penn State, 41-17. to And Clemson was on their way to an impressive win until Florida State decided to play a little football, got back in the game. Clemson hung on and won 34-28. That's why they dropped to number five. Alabama drops to six. They got no first place votes this week. But keep this in mind. Alabama is still in the driver's seat. They still control their own destiny. They don't play Georgia. They play Mississippi State this week, who we saw lose to Kentucky in a very unimpressive way. Alabama is going to be fine. They're going to be fine. 
unless they slip up against Auburn or Ole Miss, Ole Miss is still undefeated. Ole Miss is up to seventh in the in the nation. They're one spot behind Alabama, and they will play those two teams. The Rebels are seven and zero after a forty-eight to thirty-four win over a very game Auburn team. Ole Miss Alabama to be fun, but. I don't think you would disagree that we we sort of assume we think Alabama's just going to go in there and win. They'll play enough defense and they'll score at will against Ole Miss. But the way they play defense against Tennessee, I don't think there are any guarantees about this Crimson Tide defense anymore. But Alabama still has everything they want in front of them. Beat Ole Miss. They don't play Georgia. Whether Georgia beats Tennessee or not, or Tennessee beats Georgia, doesn't matter. You're going to play one of them in the SEC championship game. And if you win that, you're still in the playoff. You are. It doesn't matter who else goes undefeated. It doesn't matter if Clemson goes undefeated. Ohio State or Michigan, one of them has to lose because they play each other. It doesn't matter if Syracuse goes undefeated. No, no, uh, you know, I'm not trying to slight you there, Syracuse. It doesn't matter if TCU goes undefeated. None of these things matter because if Alabama wins the West, beats Ole Miss, beats everybody else they're supposed to beat, beats Georgia slash Tennessee in the SEC championship game, they're going to be in the playoff. So whatever they want, Whatever the the end goal was, it's still there for the Crimson Tide. TCU is up to eighth. UCLA, by the way, undefeated. They're ninth. USC is no longer undefeated. That was a great, under-the-radar, sneaky, great game the other night on Fox. USC and Utah. And Utah went for two at the end. They got it. 43-42 to was the final score. It was glorious. It was Every bit as good of a game, not atmosphere, but game as Alabama-Tennessee. Every bit as good. Oregon is 10th. UCLA and Oregon, by the way, play this weekend coming up. Uh, 11 through uh, 15, Oklahoma State, USC, Wake Forest, Syracuse, and Utah. Syracuse beat NC State 24-9, by the way. The, the Orange are 6-0. Remember, they're over-under total. Coming into the year, I think it was three and a half. I got the paper right here in front of me. Let me see if I can find it. There it is. Four. Over under was four for Syracuse. They're six and oh. NC State lost their quarterback for the season, Devin Leary, who was preseason first team all ACC quarterback. He is done. Pectoral muscle tear. He'll have surgery. And that hurts NC State big time. And all of a sudden, if you're Louisville, hey, that's a game we could win. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, hang on. Trying to get to six wins. That's a game we can win if you're a Louisville fan. But Syracuse is 6-0. and um, They're not going to stay undefeated. Utah is 15th. They move up five spots. Penn State drops six spots to 16th. Kansas State is 17th, Illinois 18. Illinois 6-1 under Brett Bielema. Do you know who Illinois lost to? Indiana. First game of the year, 
Indiana on a Friday night. Remember that? Yep, same old Illinois, right? Nope. They beat Wisconsin, Brett Bielema's old team, which prompted Wisconsin to fire their coach. This week, they beat a very good Minnesota team as a, as a uh, six-and-a-half-point underdog. Illinois, 18th. Kentucky moves up three spots to 19th after that win over Mississippi State. Texas is 20th, followed by Cincinnati, North Carolina, NC State, Mississippi State. Uh, both those teams dropped eight spots. And Tulane into the top 25. If you didn't know, and judging by watching uh, SportsCenter, nobody knew, Tulane is 6-1. and one. <laughs> I don't think it matters. But Tulane is 6-1. and one. Fun to talk about. All right, Kentucky with a nice win this weekend. 27-17 was the final. Kentucky rushed for 238 yards, 196 of those by Chris Rodriguez on 31 carries. They did what they should have done against South Carolina, run the football, run the football, run the football. Now, Will Levis did throw for 230 yards in the touchdown. He had the inexplicable and uncharacteristic pick six that allowed Mississippi State to get back in that game. But the Kentucky defense which gave up a lot of yards on the ground to South Carolina, only allowed 21 rushing yards to a Mississippi State team that does like to run the football. Look, it's Mike Leach. He's going to jack it around. He's going to throw it a lot. And Will Rogers threw 37 passes on Saturday night, 203 yards, 25 completions, one touchdown. The first quarter of that game was hard to watch. Kentucky was penalized eight times in the first quarter. Now, they cleaned it up. They finished with 11 penalties, uh, Mississippi State 13. 24 penalties in that game. That's never fun to watch. That's that's never fun to watch. Texter says, John, I heard you mention UK and IU in the AP poll. Where's UofL? Okay. All right. Are we going to start that already? It's October 17th. Louisville's not going to be in the poll. They're not. It's a rebuilding year. Nobody wants to hear that. No fan wants to hear it's a rebuilding year. That's what it is. It's a rebuilding year. Rebranding year. Uh, So Kentucky's got to buy. This would have been an awful loss because you're 4-0. You go into the buy 4-3. Oh, man. That would have been disappointing. This was an uplifting win. You got old Chris Rodriguez back. Will Levis looked like he hurt his left shoulder. They took him to the locker room. He came back in. It certainly looked like, oh, that's a separated shoulder when he went down. That's He's not coming back. Must not have been. I'm just going to have to assume that. I'm not a doctor. I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But he came back in, and he played very effectively, other than the pick six, which give Mississippi State's defense credit. They scouted. They watched a lot of film, and they knew the the uh, alignment there. And, uh-oh, I'm going to jump this route. Boom. Quick pick six. You got to buy now the week before you go to Tennessee. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if you want to make that trip. I really don't. Tennessee is really good. Really good offensively. Defensively, yeah, we'll see. By the way, the game time has been announced for that game, 7 o'clock on the mothership, ESPN. 
Kentucky at Tennessee, October 29th, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Not the 3.30 CBS game. Georgia and Florida get that. Florida got beat at home by LSU, by the way. Um, that one could get ugly. I'm a little surprised. Now, I understand you don't, you know, you don't want to oversaturate one team on the 3.30 slot, and Tennessee was just on against Alabama. But Kentucky-Tennessee, that could be juicy. Tennessee, by the way, plays UT Martin this week. Tennessee Martin. So, in effect, they have a bye as well. That's good scheduling. Who do we play between Alabama and Kentucky? Let's throw UT Martin in there. That is that is that a athletic director deserves a raise because that is some really good scheduling. I right, will take a break. Talk about the Indiana loss to Maryland. More on Tennessee and Alabama. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Final segment on this Monday. I go three hours today. There is plenty to talk about. I haven't even touched on the NFL. Buffalo beats Kansas City in Kansas City 24-20. Great game. Last night, Philadelphia stays undefeated, beats Dallas 26-17. The Jets won in Green Bay. The Giants beat the Ravens. The Steelers upset Tampa Bay. Oh, crazy yesterday. Atlanta. The Falcons are 3-3. Three and three. They beat the 49ers yesterday. It was a good day to be an underdog yesterday. And by the way, in the uh, six-pack I gave you the Bengals, they got a late 60-yard catch and run from uh, Jamar Chase to cover and, and beat New Orleans and Andy Dalton. I gave you the Bills minus two and a half. Did they get lucky? Sure. Everybody gets lucky in the NFL when they win. The margin of error for wins and losses in the NFL is minuscule. It is minute. But I gave you the Bills, and then I gave you Philadelphia last night. 20 to nothing lead. Dallas cuts it to 20 to 17. I'm thinking, damn, this is going to be a four and two week. And then Philadelphia gets that late touchdown. And then they go for two. I talked about this last Monday. Analytics are great in a lot of areas, but these football coaches are losing their minds. You are Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach. You go up nine and you go for two. Why? Get a 10-point lead. Get a 10-point lead. If you get the two, you're up 11. Dallas still has to go field goal, touchdown, two-point conversion. But if you don't get the two, which they didn't, you're up nine, and now Dallas wins with a field goal, touchdown, extra point. Analytics, coaches have lost their minds. They have. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that common sense has been pushed to the side by a percentage number. If you get the two here, coach, you have a 97% chance of winning. If you take the one, you have a 
89% chance of winning. Oh, well, 97 is more than 89. I I'm, I'm better go for two. No. Common sense. Go for one. Go up 10. <sighs> but anyway, the Eagles cover, the Bills cover, and the Bengals cover. You're welcome. After a one in five week last week, it was nice to bounce back and get back over 500 for the year. I'll give you another one, uh, another six games on Friday. Feeling, you know, frisky today. Feeling good about myself. By the way, Louisville and Pittsburgh will kick off at 8 o'clock Saturday night, ACC Network at uh, Cardinal Stadium. We just got the game time for next week, which is Louisville Wake Forest at Cardinal Stadium. On October 29th, that'll be 3.30 on uh, ACC Network as well. So that's a good day, fans. That's a fun day. You got Louisville hosting ranked Wake Forest, followed by Kentucky at Tennessee in a night game. That's what you love to see. That's all you can ask for as a fan. I want a great game at noon. I want a good local game in the middle of the day, and I want another good local game at the end of the day. That's it. Uh, Syracuse and Clemson this weekend coming up. Talking of, about ranked opponents, both teams undefeated. Didn't think we'd be saying that in week eight. Noon on ABC this weekend, Syracuse at Clemson. Clemson is early a 13-point favorite there. I mentioned Iowa. <laughs> well, actually, the texter mentioned Iowa, but that made me remember they're on uh, national TV this weekend against the Buckeyes. What do you think the number is in that game? Ohio State undefeated, ranked number two in the country. Iowa, the over-under, by the way, 49.5. Ohio State has scored over 45 points in each of their last five games, and the over-under in that game is 49.5. What do you think the spread is in that game? How about 29? Yikes. That's a national TV game. 29. Um, game of the week, maybe, if you just go by the, I mean, Syracuse-Clemson, they're both undefeated, but UCLA at Oregon, UCLA unbeaten. Oregon's got one loss. That's to Georgia. They're ranked ninth and 10th, respectively, in the country. 330 on Fox in Eugene. Oregon is a six-point favor over Chip Kelly and the Bruins, also at 3.30 on ABC, 20th-ranked Texas at 11th-ranked Oklahoma State. The uh, Longhorns, believe it or not, are six-point favorites at Oklahoma State. Uh, okay, so they're ranked nine spots lower than Oklahoma State. They're on the road, but they're a six-point favorite. Uh, I got to check and see if Oklahoma State's quarterbacks are. That's the only explanation I can come up with. 7 o'clock ESPN Saturday, 24th-ranked Mississippi State coming off that loss to Kentucky at 6th-ranked Alabama coming off their loss to Tennessee. Alabama's a 21-point favorite there. And then 8 o'clock on FS1, under-the-radar game, 17th-ranked Kansas State and 8th-ranked TCU. Kansas State is 5-1. TCU is undefeated. That is on FS1. And TCU is a four-and-a-half point favorite. The Horned Frogs, the only team to beat me in the six-pack this week. 
All right. Alabama, Tennessee was glorious. It was great. 52-49, Chase McGrath with the 40-yard wobble, wobbly-looking field goal at the buzzer that caused pandemonium in Knoxville. Hendon Hooker, and you might want to start using the term Heisman candidate Hendon Hooker before you say his name, 21 of 30, 385, five touchdowns, one interception, one sack. He also ran 14 times for 56 yards. But the the star of the game was Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver. He had six catches, 207, five of the six catches went for touchdowns. All of Hendon Hooker's five touchdown passes went to Jalen Hyatt. Bryce Young was back for Alabama. He was great. He was 35 of 52 for 455 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Jameer Gibbs ran for over 100 yards for Alabama and had five catches for 48 yards. Uh, Here's the total offense in that game. Alabama 569, Tennessee 567. Combined 1,136 total offense yards. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, is it bad defense or is it just better offense? Because you want to think Alabama, Tennessee, they got pretty good athletes on their defense, right? They can stop teams. That's what you want to think. We are in an era where the offenses are unbelievable at all of these schools. doesn't matter who are the Big 12 schools kind of lead the way offensively. But Ohio State, as I mentioned, 45 points a game the last five, at least 45 points in every game the last five. Um, you know, Georgia, they look, Georgia's team looks like they can turn it off and on offensively when they want to. Now, it's not a good trait to have. You want it on all the time. But uh, Tennessee's offense was, and they got some dudes. That's when you watch it. You watch a team and you go, well, they got some dudes. Tennessee's got some dudes. Alabama does too. But that, you know, it doesn't get better than that game. When you when I go to watch another game later that night, and I had Kentucky on, on one TV because I got to keep track of the Cats, and then I got UCLA, or not UCLA, USC and Utah on the other TV, and I'm watching, I can't, Take my eyes off of that game because it's so good. It's it's Alabama Tennessee like without as I mentioned without the unbelievably crazy atmosphere. The Utah crowd didn't bring it like the Tennessee crowd did. I didn't expect them to, and they did not overwhelm. But that was a great game. Great game. All right, Major League Baseball. Before I get out of here. Phillies and uh, San Diego game one will be tomorrow night in San Diego. Who saw that coming? Nobody. Uh, Cleveland and Yankees game five tonight after the Yankees won in Cleveland last night, four to two. Garrett Cole has won both of his starts in this series. He will not be a factor tonight. It'll be Jamison Tyon for the Yankees at home against the um, Aaron Savali for Cleveland. Again, these are these are bullpen games for both teams tonight. I don't expect either one of these pitchers to last four innings. Both probably last three or less. 
unless they come out and go one, two, three, one, two, three, because if you're Aaron Boone or, or Terry Francona, either one, guys get on base, we're, we're going to the bullpen. That's it. You don't get a second chance in a elimination game. I kind of like Cleveland tonight. Look, I took them to go to the uh, – I picked them as my long shot to win the World Series when the playoffs started. I'm going to stick with that. They play the type of baseball that nobody plays anymore. They hit and run. They steal bases. First to third, hit behind the runner. The game they won on Saturday against the Yankees, they trailed it 5-3 going to the bottom of the ninth. And they went walk, single. They had they had nothing more than a single in that inning. They had no extra base hits. And they scored three runs in the bottom of the ninth, beat the Yankees 6-5. to five. That's Cleveland Guardian baseball in a nutshell. That's it. Um, Dodgers beat San Diego 14 out of 19 in the regular season. Does the regular season even matter anymore? It's 162 games long. The Dodgers won 111 games. 111. They finished 22 games ahead of San Diego in the standing. 22 games. And owned the Padres in the regular season. It doesn't matter. Regular season doesn't matter. And I mentioned this at the top of the hour. Here's what you're going to hear. Well, Five-game series. That's not fair. Look, if you're San Diego, first of all, you had to go three games to beat the Mets, which means you used your top three starters against the Mets. You had to go into game one against the Dodgers with your fourth starter, Mike Clevenger. You know why you never heard of Mike Clevenger? Because he's Mike Clevenger. He's the fourth starter for the Padres. That's what you had to do. And the Dodgers won game one. It is a so much of an advantage to these teams that got the bye. Now, the argument the other way is, the Dodgers didn't have to play hard in the last month of the season. The Padres just had three games at New York. They had to win two of them. They were in playoff mode when they got to L.A., and the Dodgers were not in playoff mode because they hadn't had to be in playoff mode. That's true. Same thing with um, the Yankees. Same thing with Houston. They cruised to the end of the season, knowing they had a bye, knowing, hey, we're just going to wait for one of these wildcard teams to show up. But the wildcard teams are in playoff form when they get to you. And that's why the Phillies beat the Braves. That's why the Padres beat the Dodgers. I'll take the Indians tonight, and I'll take the Chargers and give Denver the points. See you tomorrow. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A.